and welcome to Season 2, Episode 35 of the IntelliCast Podcast. My name is Adam Jolly, and joining me as always is Brian Lamar. Hey Adam, how's it going? Good afternoon. So good. Uh, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can email us if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, be IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. On Twitter, EMI underscore research, IntelliCast1 on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly, or you can always call us, leave a voicemail, and that is 513-401-5463, or 513-401-LINE. Brian, how's everything going? Pretty good. Not too bad, right? Holidays, snow's on the ground, holidays around the snow last night, Cincinnati area. Feels like it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is great for sports. I this past weekend I watched a lot of sports. It's probably the I think it's the best time of year of sports with all these agree. different sports at the I same agree. time. Um, great time of year. I agree. It's awesome time of the year. I actually sat last night and watched a Dallas Mavericks versus Boston Celtics basketball game all the way through. It was so fun. It was just yeah. I think that game is teams I would most like to buy a t-shirt jersey of guys on. Dallas and Boston. Yeah, I love Luca. I yeah. love uh, the Zinger. Yeah, um, really big Kimba fan. Yeah, really big Jalen Brown fan. Jalen um, Brown is he taking a leap this year? Jalen Brown has been awesome this year. Um, I don't like Jason Tatum, uh, but Robert Williams, Texas A and M. Yeah, man, he's doing our. Anyway, we're going a little <laughs> too far into it. I actually great. spent the entire night last night texting a friend of the podcast, Adam Dietrich, oh. about NBA and our over under. Um, gambling fiasco that is going on anyway uh market research news yeah let's jump into it probably the biggest news is that nielsen the largest market research company in the world um, has split into two businesses the global media and the global connects businesses brian what should i know about this um i think this was a little bit of a surprise i think people expected them to kind of sell off some parts instead of split um, so I think there's still some more moves. There'll be a lot of disruption. I mean, Nielsen's so giant. This split is going to be a, a tough move for any company. Um, so I think that it's a good move, um, splitting up the businesses, which are kind of very different. You have kind of the receipt scanning part of it, and you have the media tracking part of it at its basic level. Right. Um, they're obviously very good at both of those. So I think this is going to – this is going to – create some disruption in the industry a little bit as they start setting them up. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I agree. So the global media company, they'll provide media and advertising clients with metrics uh, to find who exactly they want to reach. The global connect company will provide consumer packaged goods and manufacturers, retailers information, blah, blah, blah. Um, they are, they did approve that they were not, they were going to reduction in their quarterly cash dividend payment. Um, to kind of strengthen the two balance sheets. Um, I guess that's good for some employees somewhere down the road. <laughs> um, but I mean, also good news is that the revenue has grown yep. um, over the last quarter, which is Stock awesome. Took a little bit of a hit initially. Yeah. I'm not sure what it did the last couple of days, but initially after the announcement, it took a little bit of a hit. I'm not sure if people were super impressed with it, but I, I mean, obviously Nielsen's. They're so split brand. down the middle. Like the global mm-hmm. media revenues increased 3.9% to $870 million. The global connect fell 2.2%, but they yeah. were still at $746 million. So really close as far as like size and what they're doing. Yeah, and I think that I think that um, if you're an employee of Nielsen, I'm guessing here, I don't have any inside knowledge, but I would expect you, you're probably a little happy about it because one side is doing a little bit better than the other, despite the revenue being even. One side is just doing a little bit better than the other. And yeah. Yeah. 
kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, next piece of news. Uh, Maru launched their direct access portal called Maru Hub, giving users access to end-to-end insights. I actually just got my exclusive invite oh. email to me. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, something about that when you've had... <laughs> We've had a couple of employees leave the company this year and yeah. their emails get forwarded to me in management. So it doesn't seem to be a little too exclusive when you get the same email a couple of times in your email, email box. Anyway, um, exciting news for Maru. Maru um, has been uh, splitting and growing. You know Maru, uh, you know Maru Hub, you know Maru Blue, Maru Matchbox, all these different things. Uh, pretty awesome news, though, for the company, right? As they can just continue to develop. Yeah, this is always good news. So. Um, technology technology advancements. Um, this seems like a good move for Maru. Uh, along that same line, Ipsos launched a self-service automated research platform. Yeah. Uh, think of this almost like a zappy type thing maybe. Yeah. Um, and it is called Ipsos Digital. Um, this is kind of maybe not first to market when you think about what Kantar did with Zappy or what Kantar's doing with Noah Brown Digital, things like that. Yeah. Um, but definitely something that's growing, right, as we yeah. get into more automated research yeah, I think this is a nice move for them. I checked it out a little bit to see if I could just buy sample only from their panel, but it looks like this is like a full service all thing, right? Full service, and they have a lot of products in there. It looks pretty well done, which I'm excited. Um, I mean, we need more innovation and technology in, in competition, and so hopefully this will help drive that automation And you know, as we get into AI and virtual reality, and this is going to push our industry even further with a big name like this. But, I mean, it's obviously a big investment, so I think it's good. We'll see how Pretty it goes. Pretty awesome. Uh, let's jump into the interview. Uh, the interview this week is with a close friend of the podcast, somebody whose name has been mentioned many times on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he actually did appear in the fabled uh, live podcast from IIEX 2018 in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, if you ever uh, – did we remove it off of iTunes? It's That's still on there? Oh, great. Well, other people are trying to do this now. We were really first to market with these live conference Yeah, podcasts. but they're doing it at quaint, respectable yeah. conferences and quiet areas right. recording conferences. We, number one, we went rogue. Yes. <laughs> we brought our own sound system. Just found a spot near the conference and just did it and invited people. We did it at a restaurant that <laughs> at one point we did ask, hey, do you mind if we do this? And they said, we're closing our doors in a week. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, that's what happened in Atlanta. We got yelled at during that podcast yeah. uh, by people who are just Patrons. like, I just came here to to enjoy a beverage. I didn't want to hear about market research. It was the worst sound. It was loud. There was we drank. Um, it was the worst podcast ever recorded. It still exists, but Roddy was on that. Yeah, Roddy was um, great on it. Yeah, so uh, this is his second appearance. Roddy, hot Roddy Knowles, currently of Alpha. Um, he's the head of research there it's a very uh very prestigious company name um huh alpha yeah sure it's the best market research is what it should be called uh but without any further ado let's jump in and learn a little bit more about hot roddy knowles joining us now is roddy knowles head of research at alpha roddy how are you i'm doing i'm doing great man how are you uh, I'm doing great. It is so great to have you on the podcast this time um, with some audio, uh, not hovered <laughs> wow. around kind of one mic in a closing down bar in Atlanta. It was just such a great experience. So I'm in New York today 
And I was thinking, like, maybe I should run down, like, jump on the subway to record this thing, <laughs> just to sort of get as close to that experience as possible. But ultimately, I just ran out of time. So, you know, oh, well, we'll have to make do with this. We'll do another. Yeah, we'll do another live one soon. Um, well, first of all, let's get started with kind of your origin story. So, Roddy, how did you get into market research? Yeah, it's, I feel like I've told this story a few times. I'm sorry I've heard it before. But I, I backed into research in a really weird way. So my background is in religious studies. So I was in a grad program studying religion um, from a social science perspective. And I had an anthropology professor who said, hey, here's this, there's a company out there who wants to do consumer ethnography. Are you interested? I'm like, cool, ethnography. I can do that. What's consumer ethnography? No idea. But the short story was like, they would pay me what was a good amount of money in grad school, you know, better than me as a TA, like actually doing, you know, uh, ethnographic right. work, like shopper insights work. So doing a lot of, you know, field work in, in grocery stores and, you know, ID, in-home IDIs and stuff like that. So that was sort of how I made my way into research. And as I sort of continued to work with uh, with that company, I started to do more uh, more analytical work and project management work and project director work. And so I sort of just backed my way into, I never set out to be a, you know, a market researcher. I just sort of worked my way way into it and, you know, all downhill from there. Sweet. So, yeah. so what was the kind of the first like research job that you have? Like, what are some of the companies you've worked at there? Um the the first job that I had, yeah, yeah, it was with a company called Smart Revenue. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, and so they're they're no longer around, but they were around for a long time, had a good run, and um, yes, yeah, so I worked as an ethnographer. That was that was my first position. So the guy that needs to be set in the field and observe people who are buying orange juice and talk to those people and figure out why they're buying this type of orange juice as as opposed to another one and how they're sort of negotiating the aisles and operating in that space and trying to apply some of those ethnographic tools to um, to shopping. So that was one of the things that I, I first did. It's awesome, and so and so now you've just started the new job at Alpha. Um, yeah, tell tell us about Alpha. It's not like I know you're head of research there, and yeah. you have a you have a team, but really yeah. probably not on the radar for a lot of like market research people. You're not at TMRE. I, I know I missed it. I'm a little bit a little bit missing that one, but that's okay. So maybe maybe next year. Um, yeah. yeah. So you know, one of the things that. You know, I'd heard, I know you've heard too, I'm not the only one hearing this, you know, over the past, I don't know, two, three, however many years being in the research industry, it's just like, is we need data faster. Like we need to do research faster. And that was one of the things that really intrigued me about alphas. It seemed to be solving some of those problems and, you know, really trying to, you know, increase speed to insights. Um, they've really been focused on, you know, enabling agile research. And I mean, agile research, like actually agile research, not just like using it as a buzzword, meaning like, hey, we ran two tests pretty quickly, but like actually, you know, enabling agile research across organizations. So really trying to give people data at their fingertips when they need it to make decisions, really data, you know, relevant data they can actually use. So it's been really cool to see, you know, how the different types of people that we're working with in an organization so they can conduct research, do it really quickly. They can test, but really not thinking about things as a, as a one-off test, but thinking about running multiple tests to continue to iterate, to continue to learn and think about research really as a learning process and then how that information gets shared within an organization. So yeah, it's been, it's been super cool so far, really cool to see how our customers are solving some really interesting problems by, you know, by having data and getting that data at speed. So yeah, it's, it's been it's really great so far. That's awesome. Um, so, so as we talk about that and you've said like over the last few years, a lot of people are, are saying like, we need data faster. We need data faster. Um, is that kind of, where do you see that trend going with market research? Is it going to be something that we're like more and more people are going faster or is it kind of more of like uh, finally exercising muscles that we've, we've always had? 
I, I think that we will continue to, you know, want to get data faster. And I, I think that we'll understand like what types of data are fit for purpose or certain data that we can get really fast and, and should get really fast or certain data that just really takes more time. You know, data that really needs more attention in terms of, you know, data, data collection that's, you know, so I think that we'll continue to be, to be pressed probably unduly for, for getting, you know, I guess I say we, I'm thinking about it from the supplier side, but, you know, like, you know, to get data faster. Um, and I, I think that's not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, no, we won't get we won't get it in th- forty five minutes, maybe. So at some point, we'll have to put you know <laughs> put sort of time bombs on these things, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, um, this is kind of how I judge the quality of companies, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But but what is Alpha's stance on blockchain? <laughs> yeah, so thanks <laughs> thanks for asking. Um, having <laughs> have, haven't gotten to that haven't gotten to that one yet. Um, but you know me, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always up for, uh, up for exploring solutions, but we are not a blockchain based company, but, any, oh. it, but I know it's not a bummer. Uh, but it, any company has a blockchain based solution that can help us, uh, support our business and not slow us down. I'm all for talking. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie, one thing I've always been impressed with you is that your passion goes way beyond research. You're, you give back to the research industry. You do a lot for SMR. You've always done a lot for Insights Association and looking at your LinkedIn profile. It goes way beyond that. How do you find the time to do that? And I've always honestly admired that and try to pattern what I like to do. Um, similar to what you've done. So can you talk about that? I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really twofold. I mean, some of it is extracurricular, but, you know, also I've been fortunate, you know, fortunate, you know, when I was at, at, at Dynatum, you know, my time there always had support to do these things to really support, the, you know, the research industry. Um, because, you know, I think there are you know, a lot of things that both those organizations, Insight Associations and SMR really do that underpin everything we do as research. And without organizations like that, a lot of what we do falls apart. Um, just the ability to conduct research, but also to conduct research well. And, and so, I, you know, I think those organizations and, and other similar organizations, you know, are really, really critical. Uh, and, you know, so far at Alpha, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've been really supportive of, of that same thing as well. So I've just been lucky to, you know, work at one really supportive organization, moving into another one. And then honestly, finding a little bit of a, a little bit of extra time here and there as well outside of uh, outside of the day job. Yeah, that, that's how I feel in that, um, it's, you know, it's, I'm passionate about it and um, you find the time, I think, when you have your passion. So I, I'm, I'm sure that's what you feel as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's rewarding to get to, you know, to do things that are you know, outside of what, you know, relevant, but but outside of what you're, you know, you're doing, you might have different, you know, really personal motivations to do anything. I'm not doing any of these things to, you know, to make money or, or drive revenue. Um, but I'm doing it because, it, you know, it's, it's a way to to help people and to, you know, to teach and to help people learn. You know, my, my background um, is in academia, too, and, and, and I don't get to teach anymore, but I get to scratch that itch a little bit by, you know, doing right. things like this, putting together events and speaking and, and doing workshops and things like that. So, you know, the, working with those organizations gives me a chance to do more of that and i just i just love it awesome that's great um talk to me a little bit about smr so i know that you are the u.s ambassador of, of smr yeah. um and next year it's back in uh, north america representative i think um i don't know if ambassador maybe that's a promotion you just gave me i'm not sure but if so yeah, thanks well, for that. yeah. yeah i think i like ambassador a little bit it makes me <laughs> feel you like you're, you're wearing an ascot i need a medal in an ascot yes <laughs> right, right. i'll have to, have to about that. Uh, but I feel like SMR is kind of on fire right now. And I, I don't know if it's because of getting more people like yourself. In, in, in a good way. Yes. In a good way. Yes. It, okay. Well, on fire, like like the back of a KFC like has a dumpster. Like that being on. No. Uh, on fire, just I feel like with yourself getting involved with 
Chris and Luck getting involved. And you see, it just is more visual than it ever has been. Um, yeah. Is SMR kind of making some changes? Is it trying to like reestablish itself right now? Because it seems like everything is is awesome right there. It seems like there's so much more educational. Yeah, I, I would not say it's necessarily reestablishing. I also say, you know, bringing Reg Baker on board has been, you know, a, a big deal too. Um, but it's really trying to just really increase the presence of SMR within North America. You know, SMR being a, you know, a global research organization. Um, obviously, you know, for a while it was, it was, you know, really focused on Europe, but it really is a global organization and realizing the real opportunity for, you know, for growth and for SMR to continue to make an impact is really within North America because so much research is done here. So there've been resources that have been, you know, put put against that, um, and and I think also there's been more of an appetite within those of us in in, in North America who do global research to really understand why as how SMR can add value there. So as you know, the world becomes more more global, and the research we do becomes more global. You know, I think that's that's happening too. So it's not it's not an accident that you're seeing more of a presence from SMR, but I think it's coming at at the right time. Uh, and then, and also, you know, we've got Congress in North America in the, next year, and it'll be up in Toronto. And so, you know, there's always a buzz around that, and people maybe maybe they hadn't thought about SMR. They will definitely start to think about SMR uh, more soon when there's, you know, the biggest global event market research comes to uh, comes to your territory, uh, or is relatively close by. So I think, you know, that'll the buzz will sort of continue to increase as we kick up for that next year. That's awesome. Um, well, I see you guys there. Will I? Huh? Uh, I'm not legally allowed to leave the country but <laughs> pretty easy I, I think i could drive over a bridge or swim uh, let's move into the fun stuff uh, roddy we usually do this research rant of the week and i doubt that you have anything that um is rant worthy because you're such a, a positive person but do you have anything uh, that is kind of a research rant you could give Surprise, surprise. I do have a rant. Um, I was going to give you like an option and say, here, choose one of three because I got three. So here's my here's my rant and here's what I did. So my my rant is why can't researchers just talk like expert of humans? Um, so I didn't look for bad examples. I just went on this morning and I took two surveys from a um, platform that will go unnamed. And I literally just took two questions. I'd like the first three before I dropped out of the survey because it seemed terrible. I'm going to just read these questions to you before. Okay. So the person says, taking, taking everything into account, what is your favorite non-alcoholic beverage brand? Creep beverage brand. Please include the, the full name below and record only one brand. It's like, come on, man. You know, like who talks, who talks like that? Can you not just be really clear, you know, and just like ask, you know, ask this question very, very right. basically. Right. And, I, and here, here's another one. And this, I'll only subject you to one more. This one sucks really bad. Uh, so uh, for each of the magazines shown below, please check the box below the magazine if you have read or looked into any issue of the magazine in the last six months, which no one can remember, by the way, either at home or away from home. If you have not read or looked into any of the magazines below, please check none of the above at the bottom of the page. Could we just say which of the following magazines have you read in the last six months? Like, I like, like the do, idea. Like, like, like yeah. we do that all at home or not at home. Yeah, it's like, like all the qualifying. Yeah, we get that. Let's not list all the things that includes everything. You know, like just the way that questions are written are so just unhuman. It makes me insane. Uh, I won't even get into the question types. I love the thing that um, I don't know if you've seen it. Anders from Proto Brand does where he, he makes people um, have a conversation using Likert scales. And <laughs> really? uh, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. Yeah, which is sort of an argument, uh, you know, against Likert scales and asking questions in bad ways. So this is not, you know, only only my idea, but it just, I, I look at things, and if, like if you're writing a survey and you read your questions out loud, 
like just do that. And when they sound ridiculous, I take a step back and think, hey, can I can I cut down things here? Can I just talk like a human? So <laughs> that's it. That's my soapbox. That's not bad. Oh. You know, it reminds me. Uh, yesterday we had a. Uh, I was with the sales team, and we're kind of doing some little exercises just to kind of break up the monotony of uh, getting rejected by clients. And we we played this game called What's in the Box. And the thing is, I put something in a box, somebody looks at it, and the rest of the team gets 10 close-ended questions to ask them to try to figure out what's in the box. And then after mm-hmm. 10, then you could go to open-ended. And that was, that's it. That's the rule. You're like, okay, ask the 10 questions, thanks. That at no point in time did someone just say, what's in the box as a closed-ended question. And so we tiptoed yeah. around everything, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, is it edible? Um, is it made of paper? Like all yeah. these questions. Um, and the idea is, you know, to get people to ask better sales, better probing type questions, try to figure things out quicker, but the same thing with market research, right? We know what our research objectives are. So why aren't we just going after those objectives? Well, uh, first of all, I, I love this rant. One of my favorite yeah. we've ever got and completely agree. And I think a lot of it is that we overthink things and that sometimes with the clients, you have to go through six levels of questionnaire mm-hmm. approval. Everybody has their two cents and it's like the telephone game. By the time it gets to the final approval, it doesn't make sense anymore. We've overthought it instead of just answering, asking the questions straightforward. So good job, Roddy. I love it. Oh, thanks. I, would, I was hoping you were going to disagree with me, but it's going to be <laughs> pretty hard for you too. Yeah. Uh, next, w- let's talk a little bit about survey grids. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's move into the Give four P's. Uh, so the four P's are the things that we tried to get a little bit, know a little bit more about you personally. It's our plan on the marketing mix. And the first one is playlist. Um, we're going to be asking you or the last three songs or artists you've listened to. I will warn you, I have written down six musical acts on my piece of paper that I think at least two of these are going to be mentioned by you. Wow. 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 That is, that is anything. Yeah. Strange. I'm a little bit nervous. Okay. So, I mean, uh, I, I did look at this. Um, all, all, all three songs I listened to are all silver juice songs. Uh, I've been on, I've been on a big silver juice kick, um, you know, since David Berman died, which is a really sad thing and it won't, won't get make the podcast an emotional one. Um, but I, I love silver juice. And so that, that's really been in my head a lot. Um, other bands like this is like gym stuff I was listening to this morning. Uh, LCD Sound System, also all time favorite band, probably my favorite band. Uh, and Sago, probably didn't nail that one, um, but their record that came out this year, Sago Sucks, is, is awesome. So that was that was this morning too. Uh, okay. What'd you do, I man? I didn't get any. Uh, any? I'll what? tell you. Here are the ones that I had. I, I, all right. Okay. I'm curious as how this is going to go. Uh, and this is what how I picked this is just I know. Um, I don't know any type of, but I'm just like, you know what? I know he's going to be a little bit cutting like, in. This dude loves Steely Dan. He loves them. Okay. I did have Almond Brothers written down. So that was close. I did, uh, I did, I did own that that Almond Brothers box out when I was in college, but I haven't listened to Almond <laughs> Brothers in a while. Um, I had widespread panic on mine, which I thought maybe LCD sound system might be somewhat like that. Oh, Adam. Right? Uh, no, no. But I mean, I, I, you you captured me at about uh, from about eighteen to twenty. Hey, hey. so yeah, look, both those bands would have been that list then, and they've precipitously dropped off since. Widespread Athens, Roddy, not Athens. So maybe uh, go both those, I mean, I grew up in Atlanta, I grew up in Atlanta, so widespread was right. big. You know, high school right. and into right. you know into in, in college. I've been to my share of widespread shows. Don't care to go to another I said, one. Uh, I've, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I said Jason Isbell. I, I do like Jason. Know. I do like Jason Isbell. I am a Jason Isbell fan. Yep. Um, I wrote down uh, Rock Him. 
Because I thought that, like, I think of you could be into hip hop, but you would be into hip hop. So the the fourth band that was on my thing when I was looking at it was Run the Jewels. So um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So you're, right. not, you're not far off. Rock him. I had third base. I had slash third base. Also, I don't know because um, like I love gas face. Like what what is it? What yeah, is that? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I had such an interesting prediction. I had written down um, that you would say a neo soul band you've probably never heard of. <laughs> I, I did go a little obscure, not neo soul, more of like a post punk, but um, yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah, <laughs> uh, I love you made predictions. That's it, and I had Avit Brothers too, but whatever. That's that was kind of me trying to come up with a more current widespread panic. So. I, I don't bands like that all blend together to me. It's like Avit Brothers, and I forget, you know, what the other one Mumford, Mumford and Sons, Mumford Brothers, Avit and Sons. I don't know; those <laughs> bands sound the same to me. I hear you. Um, Let's go to pages now. What is a book you would recommend uh, people listening to should read? Sure. So, I mean, I'll give a sort of like a businessy one, um, which I've just been reading over the last couple of weeks. I just finished it the other day called Little Bets by Peter Sims. Something I really started about th- uh, when I or started reading, sort of thinking about when I joined Alpha. And it's really just about this idea that you don't need to start with this like huge idea um, that, you know, you can make a series of small bets and, and so, you know, you learn by, by failing and failing fast and how these things really lead to bigger ideas. And so obviously, you know, that ties into a little bit of what we do, but I, I mean, I thought, you know, it, it's not really intended to be a research book. I think it applies to business and applies to life, but there are definitely research applications there. And it's, a, it's a quick read too. So I think that's a good one to add to the list. That's really good. Did, did you have a prediction there, Adam? No. <laughs> what, what's your prediction? Like, I, I don't know. Um, the Great Gatsby. I right. love that. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think he – something that was like socioeconomical. Yeah. The Great Gatsby. Dystopian. A little bit like dystopian. That. Yeah. I like that. Uh, perform. What is something that people don't know about you? Do you have a hidden talent? Talent with air quotes around it because like it's a – I don't really have – I don't think really that many talents. Um, but it's like something I can kind of do, which is strange, which is make balloon animals. So I'm not that good at it, but like I can entertain the heck out of some three-year-olds for about 45 minutes. And it's just like a really strange thing to pull out at kids' parties because it's an instant hit, even though I can only make about five things. But, you know, yeah. Shocked. That's, that's really good. I like that. It's a really good. Sort of weird. So if like we go to a place and there's like someone making like awesome balloon animals, I'm always like a little bit mesmerized. Like I won't be able to do it, but like I want to like look at that person. It's like, why is Roddy hanging out around that creek? Wow. <laughs> yeah. no. hey, can I get your card, man? <laughs> exactly. You want to talk about twisting? <laughs> twisting. That sounds like an inside term. Yeah, man. You know, I've been twisting for like four years now. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think that's what it's called. It might be that might be not the most current <laughs> lingo with all those the, the young kids who are doing uh, balloon animal twisting. Oh, that's good. Uh, last one is people. This is when we typically do our Mount Rushmore. However, we're switching it up and we're going to do an Everglades on this one, uh, which is the opposite of Mount Rushmore. So this is going to be the worst of something. And Roddy, you've chosen worst survey question types. Worst survey questions. Yes. All right. So I'll go from five to one. Five. Is, I sort of cheated. It's not actually a question type, but I'm going to throw it in. It's just part of a question, which is other specify. <laughs> Why do you need another specify? Like occasionally you need it, but you generally don't. Like I just challenge yourself to think about how many times you've used, you know, the specifies and actually coded them and looked at them. So like if it really is relevant, okay, cool. If you're trying to figure out like you're asking about brands and maybe you're just not sure and you have a really short brand list, that's great. Um, but 
generally don't need the other um, uh, specifies. So that, I guess, sort of unintentionally goes into my next one, which is uh, the question that has a list of all the brands ever. Uh, so it's like 50 brands, which, of course, you want to unbias, so you don't alphabetize them, so you can never find anything in that list. So then you have a primacy effect of people you know, just finding stuff at the top of the list and just scrolling down blindly and not looking at the rest of the stuff. So other all-time favorites. Um, I also have number number three, image highlighter. Always a great mo- always great mobile experience. Definitely works well. Uh, really easy to circle and highlight stuff and get into like the image you've compressed onto a mobile screen and try to do that. So easily analyzed. Easily analyzed. Yeah, that heat map is an yeah. amazing deliverable that makes sense <laughs> to everyone. Those coordinates. Yep. Yep. So definitely use a lot of those. Um, Number two, the data quality question, check question, where you say, choose option three below. And the results of that is one of two things. Like people are confused, like think you didn't actually write a survey question. Like, what are you doing here? Or they feel ultimately like you mistrust, you mistrust them, which is not an expectation I think we want to set, even if you don't trust them. So not a fan of that one. Saw that just the other day. And number one, I should get a drum roll, giant grids. Hey. Uh, so I mean, I could go on a go on a rant about uh, rant about those, but um, been trying to lobby the industry to kill grid questions for a while. Don't think I've made a dent in that, but it doesn't <laughs> mean that we should stop. And I'll say, when I joined Alpha, I was pretty excited looking at the questions we do for our clients and thinking about grids. Like, yeah, we don't really do grids. I'm like, amazing. Awesome. I'm, in the right, I'm in the right place. Uh, that's great. You have any, Brian? That that was so good. Um, I don't have anything to add. I love the brand question because I struggled with this. I supported a major um, laundry brand. And you imagine all the brands in laundry and they all have sub 40 sub brands. And so we debated mm-hmm. that for five years, how to display that question. And so I can completely relate to all of those. It's, it's a great list. Hmm. I just had a wild idea. Tell me if this is a good research idea. Yeah. You've never heard this, Brian. Roddy obviously never heard it either. Um, if you were going to measure some kind of brand loyalty, think about customer satisfaction or something. What if you set up like a box of, say it's like Honey Nut Cheerios and you had the box of Honey Nut Cheerios and it was kind of like a photo hunt and you had to click all the places on the box that weren't, that were irregular. Like it's like the bees, like stingers on top of his head. And based off how many they missed is how loyal you are to the brand. Oh, like brand. a puzzle. Yeah, it's like that will determine how much so you know about the this brand. combines a couple of my favorite things: market research and cereal, the, the cereal <laughs> and the perverted photo hunt that's always at the yes. corner of the bar. That's you know? exactly what I was thinking. Uh, I wasn't going to say that, but that's what was right. in my head. Yeah. No one plays regular photo hunt. No, it's not fun. Uh, hey, but that's good, right? I'll I'll talk to the Qualtrics about it. Yeah, you should work on that. We could combine that with like the, the image highlighter thing that I mentioned too. Right. So it's definitely top of, top of my list. Yeah, work, 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 workshop that a little bit and then come come back to me. We'll see what I will. We'll Next podcast. Yep. Uh, Roddy, thank you so much. How can people reach out to you if they had any questions? Um, I will give you my Twitter. It's at Roddy Knowles. You can find me there, usually on the Twitter. Um, LinkedIn is, 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 is a good place too. And can I break from trend and can I, I do something else at the close here? Yeah. So uh, listen to your podcast You get in every once in a while. I usually just download and don't listen, but occasionally I actually uh, do, do listen to it. Uh, listen to it in the car, I don't know, sometime in the last couple of months. And you guys mentioned my name. Don't know what you said. Most likely it was something really, really nice. 
And my kids are in the car and they're like, they're like, why are these guys talking about you? Oh. And they're like, you're on this podcast. Like, you, you know, you must be famous. And I'm like, no, I'm not really famous, but sure. So I want to give a shout out to, to my kids, uh, like uh, just like a professional athlete does at the end of a sports game. <laughs> so hi to uh, Quinn, and Quinn and Charlie Knowles. Now you guys are on a podcast. You guys are famous too. Oh, that's so great. Best close. That's had. the best close we've had so yeah. far. Thanks so much, Ryan. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Great to catch up. Yep. Thanks, Ronnie. Cheers. What an awesome interview. I learned so much. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, obviously we we're all both in love with Rod. He's an awesome dude. Very good dude. Very Smart awesome. Guy. Very uh, easy to talk to. And um, I don't know. I just, I wish we could have him on every single week. Um, that'll do it for this episode. Episode 35 of season two, the IntelliCast. Um, please look out for our future of insight summit sp- series. Um, we are going to be releasing, uh, or by the time you listen to this, we already have released part three of the speaker series. Uh, but the first part is available. That's Trisha Houston and Will Leach. The second part is Dr. Ari. I'm just going to call him Dr. Zimino. Ari. Zimino? Yeah. And uh, Brianna Silver of Silver Consulting. The third part would be Remy Denton and our own Brian Lamar, which is great. Uh, but you can find us at that Future of Insight Summit. That is December 5th through 6th at the University of Georgia. If you'd like to reach us uh, via email to find out more about the summit, to find out more about Roddy, to find out more about anything market research, or you want to be a guest, um, the IntelliCast at emi-rs.com. On Twitter, it's EMI underscore research, IntelliCast1, Adam Jolly, or you can voicemail or text us at 513-401-5463. Brian, anything to wrap us up? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> it seemed like we've been recording a lot lately. Yeah. It's it's honestly been a grind. All of the We did all this the Georgia Future of Insights yeah. and our normal podcast, plus you're doing the poll party, poll party all at the same time. It is not a party. So hopefully, you as a listener, you're getting good quality for all this, despite this has been a hectic pace for us. So we'd love your feedback. On top of a sinus and upper respiratory infection that caused me to leave a podcast last week. Can you believe it? It's very rare. We should fight through it. Yeah, we fight through it because that's how we do it. That's the IntelliCast way. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.